The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we'll take you on a journey back in time to see the world our ancestors built and the legacy they left for us. Atlantis is one of the greatest enigmas of the past still to be solved. Every year, new facts and theories emerge, which together form pieces of a grand puzzle that will one day take us to the gates of a long-lost civilization. Tonight's guest will reveal another important piece of that jigsaw by sifting through the literary evidence throughout the ages that paints a picture of human history. An ancient, unknown megalithic civilization, adept at constructing magnificent pyramids and highly stylized buildings in faraway places such as Egypt, Mexico, and Peru. These people appear to be part of a worldwide culture and possibly the fabled Atlantis, representing a missing epoch of a maritime nation in possession of a science and technology that is still beyond our perception. According to our guest, Atlantis did not vanish in one terrible day and night, but survived in a variety of different forms well into the historical era. We'll examine the role of Atlantean survivors in restarting civilization in different parts of the world, from Gobekli Tepe and Egypt to India, Mesopotamia, and the Americas. He personally documents their colonies and outposts around the globe, offering unique views of the colossal network of pyramids, earthen mounts, and other megalithic monuments they left behind. These monuments testify to the survival of a sacred science of Atlantean origin, the survival of the primeval Atlantean tradition through various secret societies into the modern era. He says not only that Atlantis was real, but that the whole world is now being called to become a new Atlantis and awaken into a new golden age. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at, veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Marco Vigato is an independent researcher into ancient mysteries and megalithic civilizations. A native of Italy, he lives in Mexico City and has traveled extensively across Europe, the Middle East, North Africa, Southeast Asia, North and South America. He holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and a BA and a Master's in Science from Bocconi University. He is also a passionate photographer dedicated to documenting the evidence of ancient, advanced civilizations and secret sites around the world. He has appeared on several TV shows and published on various print and online journals. His latest book is titled The Empires of Atlantis, in which he presents a comprehensive theory of the origin and development of civilization based on the teachings of various esoteric traditions and mystery schools around the world and supported by the latest scientific discoveries. 
His website is marcovigato.com and direct from Mexico City. I'd like to introduce Marco Vigato. Hello, Marco, and welcome to Veritas. Hello, Mel. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Well, Mexico City, you live there. I love that city. I lived there for, for many years, go there quite often. And uh, for, first of all, what move, what made you moved to Mexico City? I'm curious. Well, it's really mostly a personal reason. My wife is Mexican. We met in the States uh, as we're both studying there. So decided to move here, and which then proved to be a really uh, good choice also for my other interests, for archaeology exploration that really gave me an opportunity to get to know much more about uh, Mesoamerican culture. So do my own uh, extensive explorations around Mexico and Latin America. And that's why I ask you, because when I moved to Mexico City, I knew of the pyramids, you know, the usual tourist Teotihuacan and all that. But then I started learning more and more as I was there, you know, looking at the cathedral and next door, they had this tarp and there were, you know, anthropologists, archaeologists digging. And I was asking questions and I found out that a lot of the churches there were built on top of 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 temples, Mayan, Aztec, Olmec temples. And that just immediately started this journey that I'm in now. So in a way, I can see why uh, you enjoy living there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many sites uh, to discover. Uh, I've been uh, exploring very extensively, probably hundreds of sites by now um, in Mexico, Central America. So definitely a really exciting place to be. Let me start with a non-traditional question since you're in Mexico City. Have you found a connection between Atlantis or any of the old world, Hyperborea, Lemuria, and Mexico? I think there are plenty, actually. So one of the most significant connections I found, I also talk about that uh, in the book, uh, is uh, at Xochicalco. This is a site uh, located about one hour and a half south of Mexico City. It's a site of a really beautiful and very unusual pyramid uh, by Mesoamerican standards. It is entirely built of a truly massive uh, interlocking blocks of stone. But what is truly fascinating about the pyramid is uh, that uh, the uh, low relief uh, carvings that ornate the decorate uh, four of its sides seem to depict uh, a cataclysm uh, very much uh, like the one described by Plato for the destruction of Atlantis. It's actually a story, an account of the destruction of the primeval homeland of the gods and how the gods then sailed and reached the coast of Mexico where they established a number of sacred cities, including Xochicalco itself. So this is just one example, but I think there are many more uh, examples. I'm just now uh, writing a second book uh, that uh, will focus on uh, the megalithic mysteries of Mexico and the possibility that a still largely unknown megalithic civilization existed in Mexico long before the time of the Mayas and the Olmecs that might be a direct descendant of Atlantis. Let me pick on Egypt for a second. You probably have heard the name Dr. Sahi Hawass, right? Have you? Absolutely. So a lot of times when you ask him questions and you may even say, so did the Egyptians build the pyramids? And if you even insinuate that perhaps the Egyptians were a nomadic culture that bumped into the pyramids and perhaps the same thing happened in Mesoamerica. Could these, and by the way, I don't use the word aliens, ancient aliens. You know, I, I, I believe that humanity has been here for perhaps millennia. Why is it? Just, just, I don't mean to confuse you with the question, but why is it that a lot of people think those must have been built 
by aliens instead of maybe the humans who were along at the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in uh, ancient aliens. So, um, I do believe in very intelligent, very advanced uh, ancient humans. So, uh, um, so when you are confronted uh, with uh, seemingly inexplicable monuments like the pyramids of Egypt or sites like Tiwanaku, Pumapunku in uh, Bolivia, you have to ask yourself the question as to whether the uh, parting of history that uh, we have been told uh, is uh, correct because uh, uh, the, the reality is that uh, I, I believe uh, that an entire page, many, maybe even entire chapters uh, of our human history have been erased at the end of the last Ice Age. A whole episode of civilization was entirely wiped out. And I think that the very intelligent, uh, very intelligent, very advanced people lived on this planet uh, um, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of years ago, and they were responsible for the construction of all these seemingly inexplicable structures. We don't need uh, uh, ancient aliens to explain that. We just need uh, advanced, uh, highly intelligent uh, ancient humans. Why do you think that Atlantis, from the three alleged lost civilizations, why is it the most prominent when it comes to the lore? Well, it's uh, the most recent uh, in terms of time, uh, at least uh, if you believe in the teachings uh, of uh, the esoteric tradition, they speak about several different cycles of creation. Atlantis uh, truly represents uh, the cycle of creation immediately before our own. It's truly the civilization of uh, the last golden age. We are talking about uh, uh, the likes of uh, Lemuria, Hyperborea, which are also names that feature very prominently in the esoteric tradition. We're talking about even earlier cycles of creation. So if uh, our knowledge of Atlantis uh, being the cycle immediately before our own is so muddy and so limited uh, just just imagine uh, what knowledge can we gather of these even earlier cycles so uh, i think it's uh, very i'm not I'm not gonna say it's an impossible endeavor but certainly uh, very very difficult it would be a very difficult endeavor to ever uncover any trace of these earlier cycles but i do believe in the possibility that even earlier civilizations than atlantis existed on our planet when we hear atlantis we think of plato of course did Plato also discuss the other civilizations, Mu and Hyperborea, or just Atlantis? Well, not directly, but um, if you read Plato's account, uh, not only in his two most famous Atlantean dialogues, but also in the Laws, uh, um, a number of his other dialogues, he seems to talk about multiple cycles of uh, destruction. He actually mentions that uh, uh, there were several cataclysms of fire and water that were responsible for the cyclical uh, rise and fall of civilization on our planet. So the, uh, Plato, I think uh, he really believed in these uh, cyclical view of history of time. Um, so that Atlantis was but the last uh, in a longer cycle of uh, civilization. Of course, Plato does not refer directly by name, uh, at least to any of these previous cycles, but it's very clear in his mind, in his view, there were multiple cataclysms. There is actually a passage in uh, one of Plato's Atlantean dialogues. So when he, well, he actually has one of the Egyptian priests uh, say that whereas the Greeks only remember of one flaw, the one great uh, deluge, uh, the reality is that there were many, but we only remember the last one, uh, the most recent one. 
So essentially, there were different resets. Obviously, we have uh, the, the knowledge of the last one. Now, for those who don't know, Plato told the story of Atlantis around 360 BC. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that they were half God and half human. Mm-hmm. Now, you discuss this in detail in your book. Tell us more about the, the when the gods walked the earth. Yes, uh, Plato is very clear on the fact that uh, the origin of Atlantean civilization was uh, essentially the incarnation or the manifestation or, of a divine principle that took on a human form or took on a human body. Um, so the primitive, the original Atlanteans were truly divine beings. Uh, they were um, highly advanced by uh, using like maybe a more modern language would define them as like very advanced uh, uh, beings or very advanced uh, souls that incarnated and took on uh, human bodies. And this is uh, something that we find not only in Plato, but in many other esoteric and religious traditions around the world, this idea of the incarnation of a manifestation of uh, a divine principle. And then what followed was basically a descent uh, into matter, into materialism. Well, Plato is the, actually the first source, uh, at least in, uh, in the Western uh, culture, to talk about the myth of Atlantis. And that fits uh, within a much broader tradition, a much broader concept of cyclical time uh, that dates back uh, in Greek philosophy, at least to the poet Hesiod in the 7th century BC. What underlies this worldview is the idea of multiple ages of man and multiple cycles of creation. So uh, that uh, Plato actually states uh, very clearly in his uh, Atlantean dialogues uh, that even though we may only remember of one great flood or one global cataclysm, there were in fact many, and every time civilization had to start over again. So when he tells the story of Atlantis, he's truly truly describing the civilization of uh, the last golden age, while leaving open uh, the possibility that other, even more advanced civilization might have existed uh, before that, and were in turn uh, wiped out uh, by cataclysm. Now, if we compare this view of cyclical time to what is uh, nowadays uh, the prevalent uh, view of modern contemporary evolutionary theory. This is an entirely different uh, worldview. According to evolution, we went uh, from uh, more simple primitive forms towards more evolved, uh, more sophisticated forms. And this applies to uh, life sciences as well as to the study of the evolution and development of civilization. Whereas uh, for Plato, as well as uh, for um, the, the the esoteric tradition, really, uh, the this model is flipped over. So you have to imagine that humanity started from a, a, a divine, almost perfect state, and then through a process of uh, decadence, gradually fell into matter and lost that uh, uh, divinity, which is exactly almost word by word of Plato's account of Atlantis. It's the story of the downfall of uh, this mighty civilization from an almost perfect divine state um, towards different stages of decadence and materialism until its uh, ultimate downfall. Was this a worldwide civilization or was it just a continent somewhere? 
Well, uh, Plato does not really uh, state uh, that. However, it's uh, sort of uh, implied in his account that the Atlanteans started uh, a war to conquer uh, pretty much all the lands on both sides of the Atlantic. Actually, Plato mentions that the Atlanteans had established colonies, uh, both uh, in uh, what would be today Europe, uh, North Africa, as far as Egypt, but he also quite curiously mentions Atlantean colonies uh, in the continent uh, on the opposite side of the ocean, which might actually be one of the earliest mentions of uh, America or a continent beyond uh, the Atlantic uh, in ancient literature. Now, if we also look at uh, the remnants, the vestiges of Atlantean civilization in terms of monuments, uh, megalithic structures around the world, we find a remarkable similarity that almost suggests that this civilization was truly a global civilization. So what it suggests is that uh, even though Atlantean civilization may have developed on a now sunken mid-Atlantic landmass, it spread uh, throughout the world on both sides of the Atlantic, influencing the development of uh, uh, civilizations in both the old and the new world. Because you're in Mexico City, I'm going to ask you a question that you might relate with too. When I was there, I was talking to somebody who loved all these topics, and he proposed that, that Atlantis was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and they knew that a cataclysm was coming, and a group of people were able to migrate to, say, Egypt or Egipto, and a group of people in the West migrated to Mexico, Mexico, Egipto. They both rhyme. Do you see a correlation here? Well, actually, uh, I think uh, the the idea that Atlantean survivors colonized uh, both sides of the Atlantic is truly a very old one. Um, actually, I do uh, think uh, there was a, certainly an exodus of people from Atlantis, which occurred over a very long period of time. I don't think it was just one single cataclysm. There were multiple cataclysms, multiple episodes of uh, subsidence and sinking uh, of uh, land uh, in uh, the North Atlantic Ocean that triggered this massive migration. So some of these uh, uh, migrations ended up uh, in Egypt, uh, where they were responsible for the great flourishing of pre-dynastic uh, Egyptian civilization. But then certainly some of these survivors also reached the coasts of uh, North, Central, and South America, where you find many very similar legends about the arrival of some uh, very advanced uh, uh, human beings, uh, some civilizing heroes uh, like Quetzalcoatl, Viracocha, Bochica, Kukulkan, like all these uh, uh, like galaxy almost uh, of uh, culture bearers and uh, civilization heroes that brought civilization to these lands in a very similar way as uh, we find in Egypt, uh, for instance, the idea that the Egyptian gods, and specifically the god thought associated with knowledge and writing, had its homeland uh, in the West. Uh, and also in uh, Sumeria and Mesopotamia, we have these uh, very interesting figures of the Ioannes, uh, the Apkallus, the Anunnaki. They're all associated with uh, uh, the uh, introduction, with the beginning of uh, civilization and of all the arts of civilization, like agriculture culture, monumental architecture, mathematics, astronomy, the calendar. So we all believed that to be gifts of the gods that were brought to these lands by survivors or by messengers from a now lost civilization. Where do you think the Atlantic Ocean got its name? Well, I think the most likely uh, explanation is that it got its name from, from Atlantis itself. 
um, at some point uh, there was a uh, certainly a huge landmass uh, in uh, the North Atlantic Ocean that uh, might have been called Atlas uh, or Atlantis. Actually, it's uh, quite remarkable to find very similar place names. In uh, the, the Greek tradition, we have the name of Atlas, the Titan uh, that was believed to carry the weight of the world. And then, of course, you have Atlantis. But then it's interesting to find. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.